0: Ladies and gentlemen, of course, we are here to review a movie tonight on this podcast. But if you listen to this episode backwards, it might all make sense to you. There's hidden meanings in there.
1: What was that?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast, where we review the latest and sometimes greatest movies every week, and sometimes under the Silver Lake. <laughs> Gerald here with you, Nick. How are you, my man?
1: I'm trying to mimic his look from the. I mean, audio audience, this is doing nothing for you, but I'm really trying. <coughs> am I am I capturing his his smoky mystique in this one?
0: It's doing something for me. <laughs> uh i'm gonna give advantage i'm gonna give advantage garfield but it was doing something for me though man. you were it was oh, a valiant effort
1: never every time i try to best andrew garfield he thwarts me every, I know. every I know. single that bastard time it's good to be here that baby bastard. it's good to be back for another week at a peas
0: yeah man what's up buddy your new york giants came back and won today as we're recording yeah oh. look at that go big Sports, blue baby am i right sports their biggest comeback since
1: 1949 (laughs) gerald oh my god was it i
0: didn't even know that their their, their biggest
1: comeback since 1949 danny dimes out there slinging tutties man it was it was good sorry yanny sorry i told you i told you earlier this morning you didn't want to
0: listen to me yeah he (sighs) never does yanny's not a good listener that is that that. is true now i
1: double won't watch angels with the dirty face (laughs) it's just for that one
0: Yanee, we love you, patron of the show. We're just kidding. Yeah, you, we know not about we the love the angels you, baby. and dirty faces part, though. We're definitely not going. No, 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 no. Was, was All honey right, honey, honey, uh, look, Nick. We spun the wheel a few weeks ago because we knew we were going to have we knew we were going to have a couple weeks where we had to kind of have filler episodes. Was wasn't a lot going on in the theater and and whatever. So this is one of those weeks we spun the wheel and we got a patron pick. Mr. Dan Brennick, patron extraordinaire and producer of the show, actually. And he chose Under the Silver Lake from 2018, which will be the roulette retro review that we'll be covering tonight. I know it's your first time watching it. And this was my third rewatch, which I actually broke up into three separate parts as I rewatched it. We'll talk a little bit about that when we get into the review. But before we get there, Nick, what do we do every week, man? Roll the freaking audio. You gotta ask yourself a question. I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? Well, one big question. So every week we come up with a question for each other, Nick, that is somewhat related to the movie or inspired by the movie that we are reviewing. Do you want to go first? I think you went first last week, but I don't really care because I'm a nice person. So uh, whatever you'd like to do. I got one for you, baby. Hit me with it.
1: What zany conspiracy theory do you believe, if any?
0: So I don't spend a ton of time pondering there's probably one that's bigger but the JFK conspiracy has always been something that I've firmly believed that the government knew what was going on there or at least they were hiding it after the fact and that whole conspiracy just I mean it just I've just always bought into it. I've never bought into the idea that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone and killed jfk and that was it i just don't i just feel like there's too much other shit going on and you know oliver stone's jfk in the 90s was one of my favorite movies ever so that probably has a lot to do with it because Mm -hmm. that kind of got you know implanted in my mind and all these different theories that got thrown around but i would say the jfk conspiracy is uh one that i i'm pretty confident that there was a lot more going on there Okay, I mean,
1: I mean, I mean, X Men Days of Future Past already told us it was Magneto. He curved the bullet into him. Like, I I don't know why it's a big conspiracy (laughs) to you, G. uh, I don't have an answer to that one because I don't. I just because of we'll talk a lot about this movie in the review, of course, but this movie just kind of shifted my thinking into that kind of uh, into that kind of mindset and I was just curious to know if there was any any kind of big conspiracies out there that you were like a you were like a subscriber to alternately uh, I, I just want to mention this really quick it's just <clears throat> really weird coincidence uh, I just got a YouTube notification that two P's on a podcast has released a bottoms movie review on YouTube oh wow so I just j- just to, just in case you wanted to check that out after this you over there. just got that i just I got a push a notification for it from from youtube man it's right there
0: <laughs> wow they're really but i've killing already it watched their, it too uh...
1: which is the weirder part <laughs> <laughs> they're really killing it <laughs> thanks, with their uh,
0: timely yeah you got- <laughs> wow thank <laughs> thanks youtube wow you're yeah. really helping us out yeah got a lot uh, well maybe people would get <laughs> notified of bottoms like a week after this episode comes out who knows all right uh i got one for you man so Mine is inspired by Silver Lake as well. So this is somewhat of a, you know, noir kind of detective and you know, like mystery thriller vibes. So it kind of got me thinking of like mysterious goings on that we've experienced in our lives. So I wanted to ask you if there's anything in popular culture that was never solved, a crime or what or who done it in in the world and you would wish you knew what happened if it could be solved right now and you woke up tomorrow and you're, they were like this is what really happened what would it be
1: the mary celeste i had to think of the name of it for just a second there it took me just a second it's like this weird boat What's that, that like it's like this weird boat from like the 1800s that mm-hmm. like it all of a sudden like the whole crew disappeared and no one knows why just like a super oh, wow. cool like maritime mystery, it's one of those things that's always like like a Bermuda
0: Triangle type deal.
1: No, no, it was like I forget where it was even when it. I think it was headed to Africa or something. I don't even know. I, I have no idea. That's crazy. Yeah, the whole know about crew that. just disappeared. They have no idea what happened to them. No idea where they went. Uh, all this stuff was hmm. like undisturbed, like all their belongings and like everything was still on the boat. So it's just super oh, wow. weird. They just um they just disappeared, probably in an alternate dimension. You know, hanging out with uh, As... like
0: vampires on the Demeter or something. <laughs> we'll ask brad about that has that uh ever been covered in popular culture i don't know about that i'm not familiar with that story i'm pretty
1: sure i'm pretty sure there's been something about it or something hang on i'm gonna find Mary out Celeste. Now. the google will tell me oh, oh, there was a movie in 1935 about it starring bella lugosi there you go <laughs> wow, wow, wow so maybe not a pop culture thing i don't know for some reason as soon as you said it bam it snapped into my head it just appeared in my head yeah
0: yeah, that's really weird if you think about it. That's like that flight a few years ago that just like went off the radar and nobody knew what happened to it. It's just yeah. it's weird shit, man. So I got one uh for me because this was such a huge case and it was one of the very first cases along with like O.J. Simpson in the 90s where I was like every day, like do they have any updates? Who who what do they find? What evidence has been presented? You know what I mean? Like I always wanted to know to get to the bottom of it and they never did. And to this day it's unsolved and that's the murder or I guess I should say disappearance of John Benet Ramsey. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good one, man. Yeah. I just like that just that's wrecked me call. because that was such a prominent time in my life. And like I said, I was just checking it every day. Like what's going on with this? Did they find the, the dude who did it? And then like, I don't know if you remember, but like 10 years later, somebody like confessed to it and they arrested him at, at the airport. And then it turns out that was a hoax and he didn't really do it. And it just went back to square one and like to this, and they thought the parents were involved and like, and we don't, to this day, we don't know. I mean, 30 something years later, it's just, it's such a crazy story. and such a weird, really heartbreaking unsolved mystery. And I mean, i'm not even joking when i say this that to this day it kind of haunts me that yeah. they don't know what happened to that little girl it's just crazy that's
1: a good one man that's a really really good one one of those kind of enduring modern day uh modern day mysteries is mine not modern enough for you g i think
0: 1935 like, movie i mean what did this happen in yeah. the fucking
1: 10, Super 1910s? Definitely I mean, pop culturally relevant we're good <laughs> i got this nailed it boom understood the assignment from the jump
0: baby All right, look, guys, I want to tell anybody listening or watching on YouTube, if you want to get involved, me and Nick frequently dive into the patron picks. So we spin the wheel, which we're going to be doing at the end of this episode as well for next week. And if you are a patron of the show, you can select a movie for us to watch. That is what we are doing this week in what we call the Roulette Retro Review. And it's for 2018's Under the Silver Lake. Nick. I know you have the audio sound drop ready. We're going to give our early score reveal before we get into the discussion.
1: Damn it. This always happens. I think I'm going to score and then I never score. It's not fair.
0: Before we give this score reveal, before we give it, Nick. All right. Out of 10, we don't tell each other our scores up front. It's so our individual scores out of 10. And then we kind of talk about why it made that score for us. Uh, this is Nick's first viewing of this movie he's never seen it before so this is his first time watch score this is my third watch i hated this movie on my first watch which is notoriously out there everybody that knows me knows that second watch i kind of like found some stuff that kind of like i latched on to this is my third watch so let's do it man out of 10 you ready you kind of stand and we'll we'll reveal it here
1: uh, one, two, seven, five, mm-hmm. seven out of ten,
0: baby. Six wee out of ten for me. Wee <laughs> you move it. That makes it so hard to video edit that. But that's fine. Whatever. Who cares? Six out of ten for me. Seven out of ten from Nick. Another six point five. That's what we got last week.
1: Whoa, late. whoa! Hang on. Now you're gonna disrupt dude, the entire like proud of the me? entire power balance of the podcast is gonna be shifted here if you start remembering how to do basic like first grade mathematics. Dude, dude.
0: Well, no, remain calm. It's just because it's the exact score we have. Oh, you you just remembered it. Okay, okay. I copy pasted it. It's like,
1: that sounds familiar.
0: Let's see. Uh, Let me go to the synopsis real quick on Letterboxd. For Under the Silver Lake from 2018, directed by David Robert Mitchell, young and disenchanted Sam meets a mysterious and beautiful woman who's swimming in his building's pool one night. When she suddenly vanishes the next morning, Sam embarks on a surreal quest across L.A. to decode the secret behind her disappearance, leading him into the murkiest depths of mystery, scandal, and conspiracy. Under the Silver Lake, starring Andrew Garfield, Riley Keough, Topher Grace, and a host of others, All right, man. Uh, First time watch for you. I think Dan, who chose this movie, and everyone else is probably waiting to hear really what you think, because I've really had a love-hate relationship with this movie the last few years. Under the Silver Lake, spoiler-free general thoughts, buddy.
1: I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm more interested in how you hated it the first time and have come around on it since. Um, I -hmm. will definitely say that it's a film that intrigued me. It's a film that I really want to... I really want to watch again, having kind of gone through the entire experience. So now I know what to expect for it. So now I can maybe watch it a little bit differently in subsequent viewings. I think this is not a care. And I'm a very much a character. I'm a a character writer. Like in all my writing characters, very important to me in films I watch. Typically, I really, really will gravitate toward and really love films that have strong like characters with really, really well realized like emotional arcs or uh character journeys characters there's none of that here there's literally none mm-hmm. of that here this is not a character movie whatsoever most of the characters in this film don't even have names they're generic placeholders like Topher grace's character is bar buddy like he doesn't even have mm-hmm. a name like most of the characters in the film just like aren't even like real characters so you kind of can't approach it from that perspective and mm-hmm. i think once you do that once you kind of let go of this idea of what you think this movie should be, and just kind of let it happen to you, let it kind of unfold in front of you. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna paint a different picture for everybody that watches it, but I think the most important thing to me, and we'll talk more about it in spoilers and stuff like that, as we kind of connect to dots, but I think it's 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 really it's really a movie about the depths that people will go to in order to validate their ideas specifically conspiracy kind of theory ideas like the way Mm -hmm. and this is this came out in 2018 so this came out like before covid like before oh covid's a hoax and like anti-masking and like all these different things that like you can even throw on top of this pile like even harder i really really think it's interesting that this movie came before that but this is like especially more so seeing this for the first time in a modern sensibility how poignant that still is. But it's, it's it's just kind of the lengths that we will go to in order to justify like our own paranoia, like to justify our own kind of conspiracy, like mindset. Like if we're convinced of something, we will go to literally any lengths to justify it. We will go to any lengths to kind of explain it or justify it or connect whatever dots, no matter how tenuous they may be in our heads in order to reach the conclusion that we want. Uh, I think that it's a fascinating study in the unreliable narrator in terms of Andrew Garfield's character. It's like, it's entirely from his point of view. I don't think it shifts out of his point of view at all during the entire film. So it's like, I mean, I think he's a very, very unreliable narrator. There's a lot that Mitchell does not tell us very specifically about him Mm -hmm. or about anything else that's going on in this film. And I, I think that that kind of leaves a lot of room around the edges of the canvas for the viewer to kind of start painting in uh, painting in their own things
0: yeah you know from a spoiler free perspective I agree with a, a lot of what you said I'll just say that this movie I think was made and I mean that from a cumulative perspective talking about directing the performances even in the film the writing obviously it was made from the outset with a perspective that required a lot from the viewer it required uh, honestly multiple viewings of the movie it mm-hmm. wasn't something you would sit down in one viewing and go okay that's that that's this i know that i checked this box i mean you you have to kind of like think about what you watch and come back to kind of study different things that you might be questioning and that's why the movie's grown on me a little bit over time because you know, the first time I watched it was way back in probably 2019-ish or so. I I didn't know what what the hell was going on. Like, this movie tackles a lot of different uh, perspectives. I mean, it's you know, it's dealing with homelessness. It's dealing with misogyny. It's dealing with, you know, this idea of wanting to live out our dream. And we're kind of, you know, our conduit for that in this movie is Sam and Hollywood and he's probably there because he thought he could be an actor or a writer or you know whatever his path was and that didn't really work out for him so he's just kind of playing video games and facing eviction you know but people go to LA for that reason so it just has so many different things that it's kind of juggling you know and what's interesting and it actually came up in the fan feedback which we'll get to at the end of the episode but when you start to dissect this movie and you start to watch interviews with 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 Mitchell and with the cast. And you see, I've actually, I saw a really, really good YouTube video today of somebody that broke this down uh, when they watched it and kind of the conspiracies built into it. It starts to like, you, you gain a, a great respect and appreciation for the project. But what I'm kind of grading it on tonight and what I want to kind of talk to you about is my initial kind of like, um, interpretation of it as a movie lover in other words I can't say oh I went and studied you know all this other shit and now I understand it and now it's like I love it you know I, I don't want to do it like that because the first couple of times I watched this I didn't know what I was watching and to keep it spoiler free uh, I'll just say that initially and then we can get into spoilers but I just You know, I didn't understand what the filmmaker wanted me to kind of focus on in this movie because I Mm -hmm. felt like there was a lot of different paths that as a viewer, you can go down and you can really hone in on. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of all over the place for me because of that. There's a lot of things that I absolutely adore in this movie that I would give a 10 out of 10 to, Uh, you know, we'll get into it, but I mean, there's specific scenes of this movie that I freaking love. Like I could watch the particular scenes on repeat, but then there's other parts of this movie that I just feel like, okay, you're fucking with me. Like you're trying to confuse me and mission accomplished. I'm confused. <laughs> like I don't know what, what's happening. And I get lost a little bit. So we can uh peel back the spoilers if you want to, Nick. Going forward, guys, anything that we discuss about under the Silver Lake will contain spoilers. If you have not seen this movie, uh, come back after you see it, or fast forward to the end of the episode. So, Nick, what uh, as a first time viewer did you do? You kind of appreciate what I'm saying there, or did you think this film had kind of like a singular narrative?
1: Well, it's kind of like go back to my just initial thoughts on the movie. I think you have to you have to realize, and I think you have to get into the perspective of. Sam as a really, really unreliable narrator. And and, and what I mean by that is there are numerous times in this movie that he is drugged in some way, shape or form where all Mm -hmm. these things are happening to him that he can't explain. I think that there are all these different things like he, he becomes convinced of an idea. And then what I believe the film does, and, and again, this is just my interpretation of it, but the, the, the entire film is him trying to reach that end and trying to justify that end by any by any means. That's 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 what I mean. And I think I think the confusing parts of the film, and I think I think the, the parts of it that could kind of come out of left field are almost like, in a way, like these different elements of it that are just entering his mind, and he's trying to take them and he's trying to weave them into to fit into this kind of conspiracy mindset he has, because he's so convinced that this girl who he literally sees once and who mm-hmm. like lived downstairs from, him and then moves out the next day. And like, he becomes convinced of this massive, massive conspiracy about mm-hmm. her. Like, it's just, it, the whole thing is, I mean, there's, there's an argument. I definitely think to be made for none of this really actually ever happened. And mm-hmm. this is just him on some like massive, like, drugged out fever dream uh, kind of different thing I mean there's all sorts of different loose threads that never get picked back up uh, that we are just kind of left to wonder was it in Sam's head was this an actual thing that like really actually happened like Millicent did Millicent really die like we don't really know because the film never follows up on it the owl face you know naked lady do we Mm -hmm. really have any idea like was that actually a real person because we never ever get that like thread picked up or anything like that again You know, and then like Millicent dying in the pose of like his favorite playboy, like that he, you know, masturbated to for the first time, like all these kind of different things. It's like it it plays out to me like him creating his own narrative to reach this goal of like figuring out what happened to this girl that he was hot for, like plain and simple. I really think that that's the story it's trying to take you on.
0: Yeah. And the interesting thing, too, to kind of piggyback on what you're saying is that, you know, the character of Sarah uh, portrayed by Riley Keogh here phenomenally, by the way, I freaking love her in this movie. Is I didn't even know this, but modeled after Marilyn Monroe. And there's some scenes in the movie that are literally recreations of scenes from Marilyn Monroe movies with her in the swimming pool with her leg up on the ledge is uh shot for shot, a Marilyn Monroe remake, and then the same thing with the, the light on her eyes when he meets her outside of her apartment. Yeah. So not knowing that when you watch it, it might not have as big of an impact, but obviously I think Sarah's real in this movie, but I see her also as a uh caricature of like his dream girl, you know, this kind of like fantasy.
1: Yeah, this is a fantasy that he's projecting based on based on like you know again like let's like just like you just said like paint that into like even further like that's a justification from all these different Marilyn Monroe movies he sees and then he sees this like literally perfect girl and then he starts painting her into these fantasies in which he sees her like in that light like I said again that's why like think like tie that back to Millicent like all of a sudden Millicent gets shot and like uh, dies in the perfect pose That models after the playboy that like was his was his like favorite playboy you know i mean like i said i mean you you have to know from the get-go that sam is an extraordinarily unreliable narrator extraordinarily and not genuinely like the most stable person uh you know that that we've really really ever seen we know he's jobless we know he's wayward wayward's a good another good word for it we know you know he's about to be evicted we know he's probably under a lot of different stress maybe he's depressed uh maybe he's xyz like you know the film's going to give us little clues of little different things but things that we know like he attends the one party and he eats the whole cookie which is laced with something because he gets like has like this tripped out moment and the end of the movie like he drinks that weird tea and he basically passes out and is like slurring Mm -hmm. his words and all these different things like i i I really think a lot of this is like him like because it's it's not enough for him and and i and I, i read some critiques of this film i don't usually even do this when i watch movies too but like i read some reactions to this film and i read like you know people thinking that this was like a kind of dissection of toxic masculinity or like in a kind of like an attack mm-hmm. on like to- toxic masculinity and it kind of is in a way if you think about it because it's really deconstructing this idea of like there's a girl that just like didn't call him back or like she said to come back tomorrow but then she left for whatever reason and he invents this grand conspiracy to make up a reason why she wouldn't want to talk to him because of course right. she would want to talk to him because why wouldn't she? And like, like I said, right. I feel like that's a direct jab at toxic masculinity.
0: Yeah, that's why the landlord is one of my favorite characters in this movie because he's like rude Kevin in of he's from like, Mesa
1: Verde Bank. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's like, maybe she doesn't like you. I don't like you. <laughs> you know, like maybe she doesn't want to be with somebody to pay their rent. You know.
1: Yeah, like and that's that's kind of the thing that it makes me think of is like is thinking about like Sam in that in that kind of way like. You know, I mean, like, he has, like, this, you know, really attractive girl that just comes over to his apartment and, like, brings, like, leftovers. And then, then the next scene, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're screwing on the bed, like, you know, watching tennis or whatever. And then the news report about, like, the missing dude comes up and they're just sitting there. And that's when he
0: like, climaxes, too, by the way, which is was whatever
1: else. And then, you know, there's mm-hmm. the whole other scene where, like, he's at the party after he eats, like, the drugged out cookie. And the girl's, like, you know, saying, oh, you know, wanting to go screw him or whatever. And he's like sure let's go and then he has this like weird trip on episode with the cookie and stuff like that like mm-hmm. the film doesn't give us that moment like it's up to you to determine it really it doesn't give us that moment of sam waking up to reality or whatever so if you want to determine yes maybe he is constructing this entire conspiracy in his whole mind or no this is all really happening to him and in front of him and he's just trying to like grasp onto this whirlwind like it was just this girl that moved out and all of a sudden I'm involved in this like massive conspiracy of like people being buried in concrete bunkers with three wives and like all this weird stuff. And then like, you know,
0: I, (sighs) I think it's a commentary on the Hollywood elite as well. So,
1: I mean, it's a commentary on a lot of things probably.
0: (laughs) It really is. But I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I I guess I took it at face value for, the general kind of like path that we followed in the movie, but a, a lot of things that were in the movie were from his kind of drugged out mental state, if you will. Um, so kind of a mixture, kind of a lot of what you're saying, but a lot of like reality as well. Like, you know, there's a lot of scenes where, uh, you know, he'll encounter people, including Sarah, and they're barking like dogs mm-hmm. and, and, you know, beware of the dog killer is a thread a through line throughout the whole movie. So there's a lot of like kind of surreal, abstract things that happen within his reality that obviously don't really happen in the real world. But I did, for the most part, think that this movie went from point A to point Z in reality with a lot of those other things kind of mixed in, um, whether it was like dreamlike or it was him imagining it or – whatever but at the end of the day we do get to the end where we see the Hollywood elite and we see these rich people who are creating this kind of cult basically this cult like kind of phenomena where they disappear under the, under the ground and they eventually you know ascend to whatever they think the next level of you know uh nirvana is which was interesting too that the Kurt Cobain poster was always over his bed and they mentioned the Kurt Cobain guitar and the guy plays smells like teen spirit on the piano. And so you get a lot of references to to Nirvana and ascending. And uh, you know, I'm interested that you gave it a seven because I feel like we have similar kind of like brain teasers with this movie where we kind of scratch our heads a little bit Um, and that's for me that's on three viewings (laughs) so (laughs) I'm still scratching my head I'm not a smart guy you know what I mean but I'm still going what the what What was your initial
1: score of it that's what I want to know what was your initial score and why did it come
0: up out of 10 well because Dan loves it and the patron that picked this for us
1: that would that would uh, be more of an incentive for you to lower the score because I know you know it's Dan so you just want to draw his ire I would feel
0: my initial score out of 10 would have probably been like a four or like a four and okay. a half. So out, why out is it a six now?
1: Why did, it, why, why did it jump up? What about it improved for you on subsequent rewatches besides Dan loving it?
0: Oh, fuck, Dan. Uh, that's what I was talking about. That's what I was talking about in the intro is that it's interesting because this movie, it I feel like, and of course, I don't know because Mitchell's been very hush hush, hush on it. But I feel like this movie was made with the intention of the more you understand it, the more you will like it. And, you know, the more times you see it and you soak in more information, the more it will make sense to you. And that's been the case for me. The first time I saw this movie, I didn't see it in a theater. I saw it at home on like Amazon Prime or something like that. I was in agony. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I'm confused. I felt stupid. Uh, I just didn't know what was going on. I, I really didn't. And even when we got to the climax and we got to the end of the movie and it kind of ends with him at the lady with the parrot, you know, those across from him and even that makes a little more sense to me now because, you know, he was facing eviction and he saw a way to kind of like continue to live in this reality that he kind of created, by just kind of shacking up with her. Uh, You know, and he kind of just goes over there and kind of becomes her dog in a way, her pet, if you will, which was kind of a theme throughout the movie for other things. So even that makes a little more sense to me. But the first time I watched it, I just didn't get it. I mean, frankly, I mean, that's the best way I can put it. But if I watched this movie a hundred times. I would probably know a little something more each time I watched it, and I think that. It somewhat elicits like a respect for me as a film lover to to the filmmaker and to everybody involved to be like, OK, that was really intense that you dove in that deep to to put in those hidden messages and to kind of connect those dots. Because the general audience and the regular filmmaker, which or film viewer, which I was on the first time, they're not going to they're going to probably leave the theater. Honestly, (laughs) I mean, really, you're going to have to commit to kind of like you said, buying in and kind of learning what we're supposed to take away from the movie. Which honestly, I don't know if the filmmaker even knows that. I think he's leaving it up to us. And he is, and people have asked him straight out, by the way. I don't know if you're watching that stuff on YouTube, but no, I didn't watch any of this stuff with him. I looked up a couple and they asked him straight up, dude, like, what, who's the dog killer? What's the mystery? What, and he just won't talk about it. He purposely will not give any Cause it's indication. Ours now. It's ours yeah. now. It's not
1: his anymore. Mm-hmm. It's ours now. And you're going to draw your conclusions. I'm going to draw mine. Like, I, I disagree completely with your assessment that most of it happens in reality. I think I think 90 percent <laughs> of it is a construct in his head. I think he's Do constructed- you think there's a
0: cult. under no, Hollywood and, uh, no. you don't think that.
1: I, don't th- I okay. think he constructed this entire like massive elaborate conspiracy to, to figure All out right. why a girl wouldn't talk to him. The whole answer to the whole thing is this cipher that was in this mysterious cereal box and in a Nintendo Power magazine that he happened to have as an apartment at, this, at that time like no get get out of here like no and then he goes to visit for this mysterious songwriter after he beats up jesus which again no repercussions it's never mentioned again it's another loose thread he goes to this songwriter who like tells him basically feeds to him he goes and he has these revelatory experiences that basically feed to him and again he's at this party and what does he do right before he goes to beat up jesus drinks down this cocktail who knows? Was it <laughs> right. laced with something? He gets drugged 30 other times in this movie. Like, no, I, I think I think literally I think he he concocts this conspiracy. I think he wants to believe this conspiracy so bad that he weaves this tale to to justify it. Like all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, he, he makes up this whole thing. It's like, oh, it's a map of the first Legend of Zelda game. And, ooh oh, this means this. And then he finds the map in the cereal box. And, ooh like all these. no.
0: But see, I think I agree with you that I think he's fabricating a lot of that stuff or being drugged out and thinking it. But I think that that's happening within the construct of the narrative of the movie, though. Or are you saying it's all just us witnessing what he's thinking?
1: Yeah, I think it's from his point of view, but I think he's entirely an unreliable narrator. I I don't think any of this stuff really happens like i i, I really okay. really don't like i i i feel like it's well, I, okay i feel like part of it probably happens like probably you know having sex with the actress like at the beginning of the movie when she brings some sushi probably happens you know having sex with the older lady with the parrot like across the way probably happens and there's probably different little snippets of different things that happen here, but like I mean, like I said, think of the different loose threads in this movie that are never picked up again. Um the 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 the, the songwriter that he beats to death with Kurt Cobain's guitar. Loose thread, <laughs> right. never picked up again. He beats up right. Jesus, he beats up like a rock star at this party. Loose thread completely dropped. It never comes up again or anything like that. Um, the girl, the daughter of the billionaire, um, they're out swimming in the lake, uh, gets yep. shot dead, poses like the Playboy thing, literally a thread that's never picked up again, like all these True. different little things. And then, like I said, he has all the answers right there. Like, oh, he's able to decode the song just by listening to it and, 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 and figuring out whatever code. Like, and, and and of course, because he has the cereal box and like all this thing, the naked owl lady, like whatever, again, all these different threads, they no longer serve the narrative in his head. Like he he doesn't need them anymore as a detail. And that's why he drops them. That's why they just disappear from
0: the movie. Sure. No, I get it. I get what you're saying. And that makes it even a little more intriguing for my next watch, to be honest, because I've never thought that the whole thing was like in his head, but that, that could be so basically when he's with like with topher grace that's real probably
1: i would say i would say simple stuff like that is real like just those simple interactions and stuff like that yeah i mean th- but there's probably little details like and i'd have to really grin i only watched this today you know but i could have to sit and ruminate on like the fact that like they're playing they're playing the original mario but not only are they playing the original mario they're playing the minus one world you know like they're not even playing like the original, And they're playing it on an original NES, too. So, like, they're not even playing, like, the normal levels. Like, they deliberately, like, that was a deliberate choice to play the Minus One World, you know, mm-hmm. which is just this kind of glitch that, like, you know, you have to jump backwards into a block a thousand times to move through the block, and it's like a glitch in the game that really shouldn't exist, mm-hmm. you know? that could you could even literally take that and say is he jumping backwards through a block and parsing himself into this reality that doesn't really exist that's really not a part of the main of of the main journey of life but he jumps himself into this minus one world or whatever like there's a thousand different threads you could pick up about this film and that's why i think it's fascinating You know, I just, I, I, like I said, I, I feel, I feel like it's, I feel like it's complete plump. It's like the same thing, same thing, which with one of the greatest scenes that I was just, I laughed so hard when it happened was like, he just straight up like cold cocks that kid who keys his car. Oh yeah. And the thing, once again, he beats the ever loving snot out of two kids. (laughs) The plot thread disappears. The plot thread completely disappears in a normal movie, in a normal story where any of these different narrative threads were important there'd be some kind of follow-up like somebody'd find him somebody track this kind of thing down but it, none of it ever does none of these things ever come back to him any of these people that he kills any of the different things that he does none of this stuff ever comes back to him because none of it ever actually really happens at least that's, that's, at, least that's at least that's my that's that's what i think about hey it. i'm not gonna argue with it i mean yeah. it makes Sense in her listening. I think it's complete it. bubkiss. And 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 you know, I mean, like, really, and here's 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 the other thing, okay. Um, these billionaires are buried with three wives in these concrete boxes way deep below the earth, and they just get to have this like massive orgy until they run out of food and die. But they mm-hmm. can't get out of the rooms, but they also can call out on a video phone. Mm-hmm. Like like, there's just things about it that don't make sense, that don't add up. And I think they don't add up because I don't think he has figured out a way to, like, justify that part of the conspiracy in his head.
0: Can I ask you, do you think there was ever a dog killer in this movie? <laughs> or Maybe? Even, further, do you, even further, do you think it was him?
1: I don't know. I, I honestly okay. don't know. I'd have to. I'd All have right. to. I'd have to watch again and try to, like, comb through and in and, and 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 find clues and see if I could necessarily necessarily figure that out. I I, I don't. So I, I don't think, know.
0: I think. Um. I think you and I are somewhat toe to toe in our comprehension of the film. Although, I until you started talking about it being a ninety percent fabrication, I was more under the impression of like maybe like a twenty percent fabrication. And I was thinking like, yeah, you know, Sam kind of haphazardly uh, fell upon these different facts after he met the author that was writing the Under the Silver Lake, you know, Pulp Fiction articles and all that stuff. And he kind of found these different clues kind of like by accident and just kind of fumbled upon them. And it led him down the path that, you know, we were watching as the viewer where he ultimately found Sarah with this cult. and that's where she went. And, but I also think, and I agree with you and a lot of other people that think this, that it does embrace that, um, theme of toxic masculinity and misogyny and his kind of desire and need to answer the question. Like, why wouldn't this girl want a second date with me? Uh, which is really the heart of the whole movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I mean, whether it's real or whether it's not, this movie would not have even gotten past the first 20 minutes if he hadn't exhibited those type of male kind of prejudices or personality that we've gotten used to in the, in recent memory. So, I don't know, man. I Honestly, I'm super excited that you gave that analysis because that gives me something else to think about as I ponder this movie and if I ever watch it again to kind of think about because I thought it was a real story and just every once in a while it would just do crazy shit. They'd be like, Oh, okay. Well, he's on drugs or he's just imagining that. Yeah, I don't
1: I don't I don't think so at all. I I think that I think that's interesting rather than watch the movie from this perspective of him cracking this code and discovering this massive conspiracy. um, I really started to view it as because every every different plot thread that doesn't get Mm pegged back up. I started asking myself why I'm like, why did we never get any repercussions for what he did to the kids? Why did we never get any repercussions for X, Y, Z different things that he does? And You know, that's kind of when I started to reach that thing. It's it's not him discovering this conspiracy, and it's not him uncovering different layers in this conspiracy or whatever. It's him constructing it. It's him trying yep. to figure out how to utilize the the world around him, utilize the things in the world around him to
0: create it. And you know, it's it's um, it's kind of impressive too that a film can really elicit these types of conversations because. Yeah
1: which is what I find so fascinating about it. That's why I can't give it a bad, that's why I can't give it a failing grade.
0: Yeah. I mean, even hearing you saying it, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, whether, whether I agree with you or not, it's just fascinating to ponder yeah. and to think about, you know, and it, and we don't really know. I mean, we'll never really know. We, we don't really know, but impressive. I mean,
1: it's one of those things where I, th- I think it's. I think it's a film that I don't think you have to watch it twice. Uh, I don't think you have to watch any film twice uh, to be 100% honest about it. But I think it's a film that, if you choose to, it will reward you because it'll probably open up different ways for you to explore it narratively. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it'll
1: probably it'll probably open up different ways for you to kind of try to figure out like more and more of those like different things you know
0: and what's what's funny too is if you're right and if he's kind of imagining this whole the whole movie basically that all that's pointless because none of it's really happening anyway but you're in this loop as the viewer well, it's real to him to pick out these clues. and he's our narrator
1: yeah. whether he's reliable or not it's real right. to him right you know and and so and so you just have to you just have to go along with the right him. i mean think of like um like uh like 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 fight club you know like Mm -hmm. you know we obviously have like tyler durden is like just this you know alternate personality for the narrator you know so like all these different things that we're seeing like it's deliberately being fed to us from an, an unreliable point of view until we learn the truth at the end of it only this movie there's no truth there's no there's no massive revelation at the end we just have to fill in that blank ourselves did all this really happen is he truly cuckoo bananas did like all he do all these different crazy things did he uncover this massive super crazy conspiracy and blah 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 and all that different kind of stuff or was he just someone who you know loved to like ogle naked women and you know like couldn't you know couldn't come up with this justification for him like this girl just up and ditching them or whatever
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know
1: like all these different little things you know
0: so as we wrap up uh i just want to ask you real quick so do you want to watch this again
1: i'm sure i probably will i mean i don't have a ton of time to rewatch a whole lot of stuff so lord knows when i'll ever get to it but i I definitely would i would for sure watch it again
0: i feel like this movie is one of those that's like you know, if if you kind of are scratching your head, then you're going to be like, I need to see, I, I, what did I miss? You know, and you need to go back and watch it. And that's what happened with me. And I do get, I do gain a little more appreciation for it every time I watch it, which I'm not just saying that because.
1: Dan, keep recommending it. He'll get it to a 10, baby. Just keep recommending it.
0: <laughs> but I feel like you do. Yeah. I feel like you do pick up a little more appreciation for it as you go on. So yeah. Under the Silver Lake. Thank you, Dan and patrons for the recommends this week. A six for me, a seven from Nick, and that puts the P score for Under the Silver Lake at a 6.5. I did it. He did it again, man. I did did pretty good there. So we're going to spin the wheel here shortly, Nick, to see what movie we are reviewing next week. However, before we do that, we'd like to head over to the comments section on social media and see what the fans had to ask us that was inspired by the film. As I pull that up, Nick, I grabbed one out of here that I wanted to answer. I think, and then I'll let you go. I think we kind of already somewhat answered it. But our boy Julio says, if you don't understand what a movie is going for and you don't like it, do you reassess that opinion if something later provides an explanation? Or do you consider the movie a failure regardless since a third-party assist was required hmm. so <laughs> I think I already kind of answered that but the reason that this movie went from a four to a six for me over the last couple of years is because of that is because of my ability to accept other explanations including Nicks that I got tonight which will go into account the next time I watch it to be honest but I think that it's really impressive when you... See how the how Mitchell dived into this, like the screenwriting and the attention to detail, the props that were used that are like little kind of clues for us as the viewer that are almost impossible to get on the first viewing are crazy. And I watched this YouTube video I was telling you about today, Nick, and the guy had the split screens of the Marilyn Monroe movies with Riley Keogh's character in this movie, and it was crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah. And I think I think even if you had seen those movies from like the 50s and 60s, you wouldn't even know that because, you know, you would be so far removed from it or whatever. So it was just it's really cool to kind of you just gain an appreciation for it. Now, I don't know if that means like my enjoyment of the movie necessarily goes up or down, but I do just. uh, And Dan will be happy to hear this, but I just gain more and more respect for this film as I think about it and, and the more times I see it. And I think a lot of that to answer Julio's question does come from the other kind of critiques and things that I didn't even recognize that are kind of being pointed out to me. I think the good thing about
1: film criticism and I think the good thing about like being in a community of people who love films as we are and you know as we do, you know, I it's it it offers like valuable like insight into the way that other people kind of view different films uh like you know we we all have varying opinions on different things and while it may not adjust a score in some cases necessarily i think that it definitely can kind of completely change your tone like maybe when you like go through what someone has through someone's through someone else's way of viewing something It can kind of, you know, give you a better appreciation or understanding or respect, as you said, for it, and kind of it can help to kind of transform your thinking about it and take it a little bit of uh, of of a different thing. Now, for me, like to to kind of like look back at Julio's question directly, like I think I think it depends. For me, I will qualify that question by saying that it depends entirely on how big of a tripping point it is for me. Uh, take the movie Snowpiercer, for example, right? I hate Snowpiercer, utterly detest it. I think it's t- utterly and completely terrible because I cannot buy the logic of a giant train that runs around the world on a giant track that never needs any maintenance forever and ever for eternity. I cannot <laughs> buy into the logic of that so it ruins the movie for me. Other people have a million different times. explained to me, like, oh, it's this, it's that, and, and like, it's not a complicated film, guys. Bong Joon Ho is like not that deep, uh, so it's it's not like this like super huge like in depth thing or like whatever. Like, I get it. It's all about like the class system and like class struggles and all that kind of different stuff. But I still hate the movie. I can appreciate like all those different things about it, but I still hate it. It depends on the stumbling block for me. If it's something simple where if I just watched it and I'm like, man, I didn't really get that. And then I kind of explore that um, on my own, like reading other reviews, watching other people's points of view, watching people break down certain things and then revisit it, it can give me a better appreciation. And sometimes it can save a movie for me. Other times it can't. It just depends on how big that stumbling
0: block is. It's Mm -hmm. as simple as that. I get it. I get it.
1: I will take. I will. I will pick Nerdvert Jason's. I'll, I'll pick the first question because I haven't seen it follows, so I can't rank Mitchell as a writer director because I've literally only this is my only exposure to Mitchell. I have never seen it follows. I would say as far as Andrew Garfield performances, this is probably somewhere in the middle for me. And that's not a check against his performance in this movie. I think his performance in this movie is great. I really, really do. But this is Andrew Garfield we're talking about, who has given a lot of really, really strong performances. And it's hard to check those against like this one. I just don't think, I don't think Andrew Garfield delivers a bad performance period. Uh, I think across the board, he is a phenomenal actor. So, but this one's probably like somewhere in the mid level for me. You know, I, 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 I like how kind of unhinged the character is at times and how just kind of on the edge of sanity, he seems to be, and he seems to ride at different uh, at different kind of varying uh, varying intervals of the film. I think he I think he ate the script up. I think he really loved it. I think he really loved kind of going into it. So mm-hmm. it, it was it was really really nice to see, but I mean yeah, like I love him in, you know, I love him in like the social network, I love him in Hacksaw Ridge. I love him in everything. I mean, the dude's great. He's amazing in like literally everything he does.
0: Yeah, it's a really hard question. I mean, you know, he's saying, "Where do you rank this for Andrew yeah. Garfield performances?" I mean, you <laughs> i don't know that you can't i mean they're all like they're all good it's literally like Name me a bad one. one yeah i know it's, it's is there hard a bad one no i don't think so i don't think I there mean, is honestly. either i don't know I, I don't think there don't. is either.
1: even his even his performance in the amazing spider-man movies he's the it's best great. thing about them he actively is re- really trying his hardest and it's just it's not his fault that the script lets him down Yeah, I
0: mean social social networks probably his favorite of mine. Uh you mentioned Hacksaw Ridge, Oscar nomination. He's
1: he's phenomenal in Hacksaw Ridge. I mean, that's gotta be Um, the edge for me because I mean he's he's so good in
0: that. Yeah. I mean, this is probably, you know, like you said, middle, kind of like top five, maybe five or six. Yeah. I mean, I loved him as Jim Baker last year, uh, in the eyes of Tammy Faye. I mean, the guy is unstoppable. I mean, he's literally one of the best working today and they're all just so good i mean he just turns in a great performance every movie whether the movie hits with you or not it's hard to talk against his performance so yep i agree with you there man all right so thank you guys for the comments in the old comment section this week Thank you now once again guys if you're a patron of the show you can join up for as little as one dollar you can recommend a movie for us We spin that old wheel at least once a month, sometimes more frequently like we're doing right now because we're about to spin it again. So uh, we're going to spin the wheel. Now, next week, we have a blank spot where we're not going to the theater. So we're going to review whatever we land on here. If it lands on Nick, he gets to pick the movie. He did that the first week we did this and he chose The Room, which I still have not recovered from yo we're picking it again if i get if i get it again that's what we're doing (laughs) again i'm gonna end up like tommy at the end of that movie oh yeah uh i have not gotten chosen yet but i have a couple in mind if i do and then if we land on the patrons i'll pause and i'll put all the patron picks in there and then we'll spin it again and find out what movie we're watching all right nick let's do it man let's give the wheel a spin here you ready yeah three two one spin now
1: I'm seeing Gerald spin around and around and around. It's so terrifying, guys. Yes! Oh,
0: shit. All right. Well, there you see it. Nick, it has landed on you, my friend. Hopefully you came prepared. What movie are we watching this week and reviewing next week?
1: So uh, it's the 2003 masterpiece by Tommy Wiseau, The Room uh you know we're gonna give it another crack we're, we're bringing that
0: we're bringing, <laughs> we're bringing that score there has to be more time between viewings i can't Man, it's too fresh all it's right too fresh. all right
1: fine you know what you know what you know what i want to pick here um so we're just talking about andrew garfield right there's right. a big blind spot as far as i'm concerned in my andrew garfield uh you know uh viewography i've seen a lot of his movies i've seen most of the stuff that he's done, but i have never seen and we've got we've got uh killers of the flower moon coming right around the corner i've never seen silence i've never se- oh, wow. i've never seen Scorsese's silence with andrew garfield so Ooh. i'm i'm I, I was just like i was just trying to think of it like off the ball because i really didn't have anything picked aside from the room which gerald won't watch again guys So I'm going to pick Scorsese Silence. I'm going to pick Silence for next week because I love Andrew Garfield, and I would really, really love to check it out. And like I said, it's going to get us into Scorsese mode because we got Scorsese coming very, very soon. So it'll it'll kind of get us into Scorsese mode. I like that pick. And it's only two hours and 41 minutes, Gerald. It's not four hours long like the Irishman.
0: Guess what? You've never seen it i've never seen that either there you go baby that's there you the go only scorsese to my knowledge i've never seen so yeah. that's a blind spot for me also
1: good i'm glad wow. I'm, I'm glad that i can fill a blind spot for both of us then but like i said i i know i've never seen it it's like one of my biggest blind spots with him in terms of like yeah. scorsese in terms of Garfield. i mean scotty adam, adam driver in it too liam neeson mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'd love to, I'd love to kind of thinking about Jason's question. Right. I'd love to see where this ranks in terms of Garfield performances as well. So Garfield Dubber, Dubber, Dubber Garfield Dubber Header what's I that I can't, I can't i can't talk anymore <laughs> I, I can't talk anymore ladies and gentlemen. You, you know what Sally else was Tommy really was good, good <laughs> like, thinking of his performances and stuff because uh, i was like looking through his filmography and stuff tick tick boom did you ever see tick tick boom
0: yeah yeah he's,
1: he's 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 real good in that too he's real good in everything he does so i'm expecting big things from him in silence and plus it's scorsese so even more so so yeah i'm excited man i'm really excited to check that out
0: let's let's give it a go man i've never seen that one either so next week guys we will be reviewing silence Do you have the year on it there nick what year to come
1: 2016 out? according to 2016 md
0: 2016 silence from martin scorsese yep. will be our retro roulette review next week chosen by nick i still have not had the damn wheel land on me i had a couple good ones ready for you buddy shit I don't right.
1: want to tell you this, but I, I paid the I paid the people that made the roulette wheel website. It'll never land on you. You did? All right, well, that makes sense. then. And if the patrons right. get picked <laughs> again, it'll never <laughs> land on angels with the dirty faces either.
0: You're paying them all off. All right, guys. Well, that was our retro review for Under the Silver Lake. And then we got more Andrew Garfield next week as we will cover silence. Silence, Nick, baby. I love you, man. And then get ready for Dumb Money. Nick is very excited for that film we'll be covering I, that one well, I it.
1: already told you two out of ten that's Holy that's st- early 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 score yeah. reveal before I've even watched it I'm gonna hate it I don't care how well it's made I am going to hate <laughs> stop. it going stop going to hate it
0: open mind open gonna mind go with the theater open to hate it all right I hate it I've seen mixed reviews on it too which makes me kind of excited I love when a movie split you know gonna hate it's it it's just like where are you gonna fall all right <laughs> all right man I love you congratulations on the Giants I'll see you next week man